We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday evening, the 19th of December. We are less than a week away until Christmas, and it's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by, once again, uh, it's been a bit, Carl Dummler. Carl, man, I feel like this year has just been ships passing in the night. I don't know what's going on, but uh, I think it's because we met face-to-face, and then we broke like something in the space-time continuum. But uh, <laughs> here we are again, uh, lined up. How was your vacation? How are you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling all right. It, it's It was... Uh... I don't think my wife's family would listen to this, but uh, no, it, it it's always fun going on vacation with them, but they like going hardcore. You know, as soon as you wake up and boots on the ground, you go until you, you're pretty much falling asleep. And uh, so everybody, by the time we got home, was just like, I'm just going to bed. And I already got one kid that's sick, another that was sick during the trip. And, you know, all that fun stuff of trying to recover and get back into the flow of things has been kind of a an adjustment but it was fun had a lot of cool things my kids got to feed sharks i got a pet an armadillo that was okay. kind of cool i never petted one of those before you and haven't? uh no i'm just kidding, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> kansas doesn't have a whole lot of those a little bit further south you got them but uh usually you're more worried about them like jumping up into the bottom of your vehicle and breaking things up than anything else so well, but, uh, glad to have you back. Uh, glad you're here. And okay, I'm definitely one of the uh, sun up to sundown vacation planners because if I'm doing something, I'm going to go big or go home, right? So uh, the parents, unfortunately, my, I, they've come out and visited uh, me twice in Seattle now and uh, maybe three times. But my sister every time is like, okay, don't kill them. Last time they were there, they were <laughs> dead by the time they got home. It's like, because we're like in the San Juan Islands and then we're going to go to Rainier and that's like five hours. We're going to do like a five mile hike and then we're going to come back and barbecue. And so it's just... We got all these things you want to do. All right, I, we can do it, but be prepared. You're going to sacrifice a little sleep, and uh, that's yeah. okay. I mean, a little easier than my ideal back or my ideal vacations, which are you know, three or four nights sleeping on the ground, hiking ten to fifteen miles a day with three thousand feet of elevation per. That that that's my ideal vacation. So I, yeah. I come back tired, but my soul is rested from those trips. There you go. That's important. That's important. But yeah. uh, what's what's your like number one spot? Anybody comes and visits you in Seattle, you have to take them there. I, I mean, I'm such, it really depends on what you want to do. 
if you are like a crazy person and want to get outside uh, and backpack or car like outside, I think the Olympic Peninsula is unbelievable because it's so diverse. You got rainforests, you got alpine mountains, you got lakes, you got the ocean, uh, you got the canal there. I mean, it is it is pretty unbelievable. If you're looking for something a little bit more low key, uh, the San Juan Islands are unbelievable. There's like some of the most orcas you'll see in the North America out on the San Juan islands, beautiful views as well. So that's great. If you're a little bit hardcore, then probably the cascades, uh, that's there you go. pretty intense. Some of the climbing and scrambling out there, but something for everybody out here. There's also wine in uh, South central Walla Walla area for Washington. So oh, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a good place. I love it. It's, it's no Colorado. I don't want to disparage anybody in here, but it's fun times. So uh, speaking of Colorado, let's say hello to everybody in here. Not necessarily from Colorado. Cause as we know, Broncos country is not an exact place, not a location, but a state of being David Yunkin in here saying evening, Nick and Carl hope everyone is having a great week, feeling energized today, feeling good. It's slow at work. So I had some, uh, not too stressful today. So feeling good about that. Uh, we got Dylan Von Arks in the house saying sup Broncos country. Make sure you hit the like button on the way in share on all platforms and subscribe. If you haven't already, thank you for the PSA there, Dylan. Good to see you. I hope you're doing well. We got Mike S in the house saying, what's up, Nick, Carl, Scott, Dylan, and Broncos country. Always good to see you, Mike S. Uh, let us know in the comments what you think is going to happen this upcoming week versus uh, Michigan. That's coming up here in the next two weeks. I'm excited for college football playoffs. Sounds like there's some momentum over the last 24 hours that the ACC might be in some trouble with uh, Florida State maybe looking to jump here. Uh, so we'll see if anything comes from that. But there's been some real buzz on that in the last 24 hours. Kevin Gray. Good evening, Nick, Carl and Scott, big Merry Christmas and a big mile high salute to y'all. Good to see you, Kevin. Always appreciate you. We got SC coming in. He's got his wish list going for Christmas. He says need a tight end. Well, SC, I am, um, I'm with you there. That's probably the biggest obvious, like full on hole on the offense. In my opinion, that being said, it's such a weird position because it's not really one that's deep in this upcoming draft class. Uh, after Brock Bowers, I don't really know if there's a tight end that I think is going to be a big impact player year one. I do like Texas's tight end a lot. Uh, Penn State has a really interesting developmental tight end and Theo Johnson uh, to keep an eye out for. We'll see how he does. I think he's going to be down there in Mobile. Uh, but yeah, Denver definitely needs a tight end. He also says keep Judy and Cortland and add two more fast wide receivers. So we're discounting Mims. Good start of the year, but Mims is out here. Sorry, Carl. I know he's your guy. And I also says he hopes another cornerback is fast too. So uh, yeah, thank you, SC, so much. We appreciate you. Uh, wish lists are always fun. And we'll get into what Carl and I, I'm sure we will get into all those positions as well. Woofy Mellet coming in here saying evening Broncos country. Hope you're doing well. I uh, always appreciate you saying hello, Woofy. Uh, we appreciate David McElrath coming in. Papa Bear. Man, Papa Bear. I keep thinking back to the uh, the meet and greet. And obviously, was happy to meet all the Mile High Huddle folks too. But it was really awesome to meet uh, and talk with you for a bit there, uh, David. So hope you're doing well. Uh, the Broncos team has been good since we've last talked. So it's been great. Uh, he says, good evening and Merry Christmas, Broncos country. Nick, Carl, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. 10 and 7. Buck them three times. MHH for life and Denver Broncos for life. Appreciate you, Papa Bear. Hope things are going well. Daniel Barry's in the house saying, yo, awesome to see you. David liking the hat. Yeah, I rocked the hat. I also have a ugly Broncos Christmas sweater that I probably should have rocked, but uh, ran down here because traffic is traffic, you know. Michael Ronquillo in the house with the super chat. Superstars coming in saying good evening, Nick and Carl on building the Broncos. Go Broncos and go Michael. Pearl Heater in the house. Always good to see you. Dylan Von Ark saying Trevor Lawrence is in concussion protocol. I think uh, we still have... 
CJ Stroud is in con- concussion protocol. Jamar Chase has an AC joint sprain in his shoulder. So a lot of injuries for the teams that the Broncos are potentially vying with um, coming forward. Any other big injuries, uh, Carl, that stand out to you as far as uh, obviously we're not cheering for injuries, but it's worth monitoring with the Broncos in the playoff hunt. I, I haven't heard any other big ones when it comes to, to who's ahead of them and, and those kind of things. But um, yeah, and unfortunately, there's some teams banged up. And you, you hate to to see that for any team. I mean, it's been very fortunate for the Broncos. They've been very healthy this year. Uh, everybody knock on wood at this point. But, uh, you know, I I was trying to think, did Cleveland have any big ones that came up this week? They had a bunch last week, but they, they're now two games ahead of Denver. I just think it's pretty hard for them to Denver to jump them. I'd say Cleveland's probably in now because you'd have to have them go one and two and Denver go three and oh. Uh, to have that head-to-head come to factor, I believe, right? They have nine wins already, and Denver's sitting there at seven. Uh, but they had a crazy amount of injuries the week prior. Uh, so I don't know what to make of Cleveland. They are just a walking mash corpse. I mean, we haven't thrown his name out very much, but for everything that's gone on in Cleveland this season, I don't know why we're not talking about Kevin Stefanski more for Coach of the Year, uh, because, like, talk about turmoil and issues and injuries out there. I mean, that, that's a tough coaching job, and they've done a pretty darn good job uh, out there in Cleveland with Stefanski. And uh, we also do want to talk also about uh, say hello to Ernie Mays saying hello, Nick and Carl and go Broncos country only Roy is in the house saying we have so many holes to fill that there's no way we can do it within a year. The good thing, Roy, is that a lot of teams have a lot of holes and that it's always con- consistently rotating. Uh, if we were 49ers fans, I'm sure we'd be talking about the interior offensive line and question marks in the secondary, right? It's just every single team, even if they're great, you'll find weaknesses. Those Broncos teams with Peyton Manning. Offensive line couldn't get a push worth a bleep, but Peyton was so good uh, at avoiding pressure and getting the ball out quickly uh, that the offensive line being, I would say, worse every single year Manning was here than it is right now in Denver. Uh, But Manning is a type of quarterback that can overcome um, some deficiencies in the offensive line. So, yes, a lot of holes, but every team has holes. Well, one thing that doesn't have any holes is, of course, Little Caesars. Want to make sure to let you guys know to make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. You know, for me on Sundays, getting to sit with my kids, there's nothing quite like sitting down, having a piece of pizza, my wife yelling at us because we've been eating it on the couch and somebody usually drops a piece on there and then we're having to scrub. But of course, I mean, it's just a lot of great memories. So make sure you guys are going on there, order online during our pizza pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoff, plus all day Sunday and get ready for some football and fun. Yeah, and for me, we're coming up on one month since the uh, press conference that we have had the reintroduction of the stuffed crazy bread pizza at Little Caesars. I mean, God bless, especially the pepperoni variety of that. That is about as good as it gets. The more cheese, the better. And then you dunk it in some maybe some garlic sauce, some crushed red peppers on top and ranch as well. Wouldn't mix the garlic sauce with the ranch. You know, you go back and forth there. Of course, I'm not a heathen, uh, but that's definitely my favorite. And if you guys like that as well, uh, make sure you are checking them out because everyone scores with the convenient delivery on our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the upcoming games this holiday season. Yeah, the crazy bread is fire. That's it's so good. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, we also got Michael. We already, I think we got Michael already, but good evening. Uh, Nick and Carl on building the Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Michael. Uh, thank you so much for the stars. We always appreciate you coming in. And then talking about the meet and greet, Mr. Energy Bringer himself, Naj, saying, hey, brothers, my take on the Broncos collectively have to play better. Forget the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? I'm sorry, I have to work in my Mora impression there. Uh, have to win at home. My take on Russ, no other options. Has to improve in year two under Peyton. Go Broncos. We'll see what happens uh, with Russ. Scott and I talked a bit about that this morning. Uh, I'm very happy that there are three games left, and honestly, I think it could go either way. I guess, uh, Carl, I'll put you on the spot a little bit here. We do want to obviously get to a the update on the Broncos, uh, some roster moves here with Kareem Jackson coming back and talk about our Broncos Christmas list. Uh, but is there no other option than retaining Russ and seeing what it looks like in year two and three uh, with Sean Payton? I, I think there's other options. I think we've seen with especially Sean Payton, he's done a great job taking, I would call them cast offs from other teams and turning them into at least decent quarterbacks. And one that's not going to cost the $250 million to keep around. You know, I think you can go get a Jameis Winston and it not cost you an arm and a leg to go get that guy, you know, and, and we've seen what he can do with a Sean Payton. He knows the system. They did well. I think before he got hurt, um, he was on pace looking like he was going to be in a top 10 quarterback position. Um, so I, I'd say he would be one. I know Baker Mayfield's going to be hitting. I think he might be a little too expensive with the kind of season that he's been having. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other free agents. And then of course he got the draft and, and Jarrett Stidham still could be around for another year. Um, I, there's a reason they brought him in. I mean, Sean Payton really liked him. We saw that all off season of, he almost bragged more about, Stidham than he ever did Russell Wilson. And so I don't think you have to stick with Russell Wilson. It obviously his contract puts a bind on everything and it's going to limit what you can do with your roster moving forward for a couple years. But I, if he's not your guy, don't just keep him around, just keep him around because you don't think you have other options. So you would right now, would you say that he is back or he is not back to really put you on the spot here? I keep, you know, taking the milk toast route. We have three games left. We'll see how it plays out. I could go either way, but what would you say? I, I'm going to say no, I don't think he's back. I think we've seen this entire year that Sean Payton has been hindered in what he wants to do on offense because of Russell Wilson. Now he's made it work, but I mean, it's pretty much 
we're talking about square peg round hole and he's just sitting there with a sledgehammer hammering that thing down as hard as he can hoping that it'll eventually kind of just fall through and, and work at, in the end um but i don't think this is anything near what he wants to be able to run i mean all great offensive minds want to throw the football i'd say like shanahan was one of the few that you could say really loves to, to lean into the run game but even there like he's always been looking kyle shanahan mike shanahan always wanting those quarterbacks that can challenge teams down the field to, to open up the run game. And so, yeah, I, I do. I think he's going to be wanting something more than what Russ can bring to the table. I, I just, they are oil and water and it, they can make it work for a year. I don't think they can make it work for three years. Right now I'm sitting on the post of this, but I would say probably back in my opinion, just because it is so cost prohibitive to move on. And I think Wilson is a good enough quarterback in that 10 to 18 range in the NFL uh, in, in terms of ranking that you can win with him. Now you're not winning because of him. Uh, and there are plays that are great that you help you win, but there's also negatives and misses that are making you lose. So I don't think he's consistently a quarterback you can win with, uh, but because you can win with him, you can at least give yourself a little bit of time being competitive, continue to build the roster and still look for that quarterback. Because if you do move on from Russell Wilson, the clock starts, right? And I'm worried about what that window looks like with the clock starting. Cause if you have, if you keep Wilson, at least you have a little bit of leeway. You don't have to go for it this off season. I don't know if you could go, you know, replacement parts at quarterback this year and then take a regressive step back. Uh, what that looks like for the Broncos. And I trust Sean Payton. And if I was in the position of George Payton, what Sean wants goes, cause I only have a job still because of the turnaround because of Sean Payton more than right. anything else. But, um, I think right now I'm leaning towards Wilson being back, but we want to see how the final three games go and we're not in the building. So we don't know every inch, uh, uh, intricacy uh, between the relationship there. So we'll see. Uh, it's fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. Phil what? McLaughlin coming in saying, good evening, Nick Carlin, Deacon Scott, Nick, pull your hat up. Do we have a quarterback late? No. Um, do we uh, have a, to draft a quarterback late? Buckham go Broncos win out. Uh, Broncos don't have to draft a quarterback. Uh, it's going to be really weird. We still have one more season of the, sick bug uh extension for players i believe so guys are going to be like 52 by the time they're in the league after that's over goodness <laughs> and you also have quarterbacks staying a lot longer than we've ever seen before because of the nil which is great i mean good for the quarterbacks they're they're essentially free agents every year now in college because they're going to be hitting the port unless they're already getting paid crazy money uh but i wonder the ramifications for the mid-round late round quarterbacks uh, going forward because a lot of guys that I'm like, I'm interested in this guy in a late flyer. Well, guess what? He's hitting the transfer portal and he's going to go play at a new school. So I, I don't know what's going to happen with the late round quarterbacks within the NIL era. How much does it affect you seeing a guy be 24 years old when he's coming into the league? I mean, it does affect me some because there's been a few studies that show like quarterbacks kind of take like two or three jumps and a lot of time, like Jaden Daniels, for example, he's going to be what, 24 years old, Michael Penix. They've seen a lot of football, which is good because they'll be more developed, but I'm curious about how many more steps they can take in the league. Like, is this who they are right now? Like you take a, what is it? Drake Mays, 20 years old versus Penix at 24 or 25. I mean, that's, that's significantly less football. So I'm curious where that growth uh, could be for that guy. That's already seen so much more football. So it's not something I'm taking guys off the board for me at quarterback specifically, maybe at positions like running back edge rusher wide receiver. You don't want them to be older, uh, but quarterback it, it's, it's a little bit of a hit for me, but not so much that I'm taking them off my board. 
Right. It's hard with guys like Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, who have so much bad tape. You know, like they they've shown like they they struggled a lot at times in college. Um, and so you kind of wonder, is it because they're 24 going against 18 year olds that all of a sudden some things started clicking and it made it work and they got on some really great teams with some huge talent, you know, having neighbors there and um, in LSU. I mean, that, that's a nice little help when you've got a top 10 quarterback or wide receiver to throw to on a regular basis. Their other wide receiver and, going first round, man, that Brian Thomas, yeah. he's awesome. Uh, we yeah. do not talk about him enough, but he's <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. I just wanted to give a shout out because eyes are on him uh, for Denver. If they're picking mid late first round, we'll see. Right. Uh, but yeah, and Oregon of course has lots and lots of talent there as well. And so, I mean, it, it does definitely factor into it for me. It doesn't, like I said, it doesn't take them off my board by any means because I, I love to see that progression in a player going through their college career anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, those one hit wonders always make me really, really nervous. The fact that, you know, Bo Nix has put two seasons now that look pretty nice out there. Uh, Jaden Daniels, you know, uh, obviously this year looking extremely well and he has shown a lot of progress over the years. But um, yeah, it, it is. It's going to be interesting to see what quarterbacks all come out for these, this draft, how they move forward, where the Broncos go with that position. It's it's going to be a, a fascinating offseason. And it could be, you know, clicking right off the bat when the Broncos have to make a decision on Russell Wilson by the fifth day of the, the new league year. You know, so if, if they make that decision, we're done with him. I mean, just this place is going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine, again, how these, these shows are going to be going if he gets cut. It's going to be wild. Uh, we'll see. Still three games, hopefully more, uh, left of Russell Wilson in Denver that we can analyze and see what's going on there. But right now, I Carl, I would, I'm going to take a slightly different stance than you, as you heard. I think I would bring him back, but just because I've, we've seen that you can win with him, and I think it extends the the window for searching for the replacement, where if you move on, you, be, you better have a plan. Uh, we got Mike S. Uh, coming in saying, is Sutton worth using in fantasy this week with a question mark? Um I'm going to be honest with you, Mike. I don't think I'd probably use a singular Bronco in a standard fantasy format right now, just because the offense isn't a volume one and fantasy numbers are about volume and not efficiency. And this matchup specifically, I think is going to be extremely tough for Sutton now because Sutton is so reliant on the, the home run plays. uh, He's a volatile start anyway. So let's say it's, it's a night game. Maybe a bunch of games have already happened and you're down by a lot. Well, Sutton could have a game where he catches two touchdowns and he's big, right? But if you're looking for a baseline kind of guy, I would not go with him. And the reason is there's not a defense in the NFL and a scheme and a coach in the NFL that do a better job of taking away your number one passing option than Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And that isn't just a this year thing. This is something that's been going on for five, 10 years. They're going to clog up the run with these kind of hybrid pass rushers that are kind of tweener types inside, outside uh, a lot of hybrid safety slash cornerback types too. And they are going to bracket your number one and make you find another pass weapon to beat them. And teams that have a multitude of weapons that they trust can move the ball against the Patriots specifically through the air. They're really good at stopping the run. Uh, but this is a terrible matchup for the Broncos offense. We'll see. I mean, they're going to be playing inspired football, but you're talking about a top five rushing defense and a team that's one of the singular best in the NFL at taking away a wide receiver one in the pass game. Where does Denver go with the freaking football? <laughs> if that's what they're doing to them. I, I don't know. I mean, Jerry Judy, please step up. Greg Dulcich, are you out there? We need you, sir. Uh, but uh, it's this is a, a bad matchup, I think, for Denver. Luckily, the Patriots offense is poo-poo. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see how Denver's offense does against the Patriots. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. So it's, it's first to 10 wins the game? It might be a Big Ten West game. Uh, you better like your punts. We'll see if they're protecting the football. Who knows? Uh, but it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be cold, too, uh, out there in Denver. So uh, I... Protect the football. This is going to be one where you better have, you know, some some stones out there. It's going to be a staring contest. Field position, punting, punt coverage, turnovers. I mean, really the fine details uh, in this one, because I am not expecting an offensive output from either team. All right, we got Phil coming in saying, God, any talent available at our pick is probably going to be taken. We need everything. Uh, I think, honestly, the mid middle part of this draft, really from about pick what would you say, like eight or nine to bet about pick 30? There's a lot of different kinds of talent. It's just kind of what you're looking for. Um, There's, you know, like four or five pass rushers that you could look at. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see what kind of order they go in in the the upcoming draft. Wide receivers, another one of those positions. So it it definitely kind of lines up with a lot of what the Broncos need. There's some, some depth in that middle part of the draft that I think the Broncos will get somebody that can make a, a decent early impact. Um, but talking about that, since we're, we're getting close to Christmas, I wanted to get into this um, this Broncos wish list, and I wanted to give each of us two different wishes, and then those in, in the comments. Um, and uh, we got Marcus Coleman saying, "Who did the Broncos sign? Uh, they, they signed a cornerback. I'm trying to remember his name here, real quick. Kedron Kedron Smith. So with there the Kareem Jackson uh, reinstated by the league after his." Uh, personal fouls, head hunting, suspension, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the Broncos then released safety Dallin leave it uh, with an injury settlement. Uh, he was signed to provide depth and practices because Jackson was out. And then the Broncos are bringing in Keydron Smith an undrafted rookie uh, at Kentucky. So in that uh, Bob Stoops defense out there in Lexington, pretty, I thought he was pretty good. I'm, I'm think it's a pretty good signing, just a low risk one, probably somebody just more depth and practice, but uh, has been with the dolphins and commanders hasn't gotten activated for the regular season yet, but somebody in the back end. So the Broncos bring in Keydron Smith, sec cornerback, Kentucky uh, undrafted rookie. There we go. Okay. So like I said, now getting to the wish list. Uh, I wanted each to have two wishes. And I mean, you can choose one from each side of the ball or one for one side of the, or two for one side of the ball, whatever you want to do. But I I guess I'll start this off. And I think it's probably the one that we both have on our wish list, but I'm going to steal it right off the bat into your defensive line. You know, it's uh, DJ Jones probably going to be cut after this season. He's kind of, he's gone downhill. You know, his first year here in Denver, I thought he looked pretty decent. Looked like probably our best defensive lineman we had on the roster. 
but this season it's just been it's been poo poo. I mean, it, I don't know how else to say it here. It's it's been bad. Um, he's falling on the ground. He's out of position. He's getting pushed back for for being that guy that's supposed to be your big time run defender. He has not lived up to that bill at all. And so finding someone that can be next to Allen and actually provide something on the interior would be huge for this team. Really, they they probably need about two or three guys for the interior if we're looking at that entire unit, uh, but especially just finding a quality starter to go next to Allen. Yeah, I had that interview with uh, Coach Cody Alexander last Friday, and that was published. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, uh, Cody does coaching seminars, worked uh, in, for Baylor as a, a defensive coach for a number of years, coached 5A defensive back football assistant coach in Texas, and now does a bunch of coaching uh, stuff on the defensive side of the ball. A lot of fun offensive stuff, but I've always found the defensive stuff more interesting. And he kind of confirmed some priors for me that uh, – Biggest issue on this Broncos team right now is just the bodies up front. Uh, you're lacking difference makers up front. And uh, really because of the, you look across the league and the teams that are able to play this man coverage and be a little bit more versatile on the back end are the ones that have the dudes up front and Denver doesn't. Uh, you see it in a bunch of the advanced analytics. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL and pass rush win rate, which is analyzing the just do you, are you winning your one-on-one matchups? Denver's not really doing that. I believe they're the third lowest pass rush win rate in the NFL. They're also one of the worst run stop win rate defenses in the NFL. So really the only time the Broncos are getting those pressures or stops is when they are having guys unblocked because they're sending more than they can block. Uh, So that is a big concern for the Broncos, just getting guys who can win up front. And right now the most obvious spot where you can make a big difference would be getting somebody to come in and play that two eye, one technique, three technique, depending on what type of front you're using uh, a big body along Allen, who's a little bit more of an inside outside, uh, inside outside hybrid kind of guy. So yes, uh, that's number one on the wish list. Unfortunately, Carl, I don't know if there is a guy in the draft that really fits that mold for the Broncos in the mid first round. I think right now there's only one singular interior defensive lineman. I'd be comfortable with taking in the first round and that's Johnny Newton uh, from Illinois. Uh, But uh, yeah, interior defensive line is big. It's not number one on my defensive wish list, Carl, uh, surprisingly, because if we're going to do a wish list, we better do a wish list, you know, and in the (laughs) end, Uh, but I'm wishing to get to Gary's here. Gary's comment, nine, 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 super chat. Merry Christmas, Gary. We really appreciate you. He says evening, Nick, Carl and crew. We are on the way, Broncos country. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Go Broncos and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, Gary. Always appreciate appreciate you coming in. Definitely the Broncos started one and five. Now we're sitting in here seven and seven, a chance to get to 10 wins, a chance to make the playoffs. You know, we want the end result being getting in the playoffs, but regardless, it does feel like the Broncos have direction right now, which is something that we complained a lot uh, in the off season in the previous years, Carl is just like, where is this team going? What's the identity? What's the culture like in there? Uh, You know, you got to have like everybody pulling the same direction. It just does not look like a coordinated group. They look coordinated now. Maybe they're lacking talent in some areas, uh, but I don't have any question about the, the idea of what this team is and who they want to be. I think we kind of understand that. And that's thanks to Sean Payton and, the coaching staff he's brought in around him coaches. It's not just what they're calling on the field. It's the ability to bring in good coaches around them. That's the most underappreciated aspect of what a good coach is, is getting a good coaching staff. Uh, and I think they've done pretty good on that. So yeah, Merry Christmas, Gary, any thoughts on uh, Gary's comment here about the light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously we saw beginning of the year did not go the way the Broncos wanted it to go. And it's put a lot of pressure on these last three games and, 
you know, if you just win one of those, especially that Raiders game to start off the season where you missed the field goal to, to, to lose it. Um, you know, the woulda, shoulda, coulda kind of moments of the season, but still the fact the Broncos are relevant, the fact that we're in December and talking playoffs are a possibility, even if it's starting to get slimmer and slimmer. Um, the fact they're still in it is, is huge to see. And, and like I said, having competent coaching, like th- that has not been in Denver since since Kubiak and his staff. You know, I think John Fox was a pretty good coach. I mean, he had Peyton Manning. Yeah. So it, it, it's a little hard to judge some of that. But Kubiak was a good coach. His coaching staff loved all of them. Um, but but yeah, now to have all that we see here, the offensive line showing huge promise. Um, you're seeing some young players stepping up that weren't stepping up before. So it, it is. It's great to, to see the, the Nick Benitos, the guys that we were even kind of like, I don't know what this guy's going to be, you know, and yet he's leading the team in sacks for the season. Um, now, you, you could argue why that is, but still, like he's making an impact on on the season for the Broncos. So um, good to see that. And hopefully for the Broncos moving forward, just having consistent coaching can really keep this team relevant week in, week out. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yeah, it's big. And we got Phil coming in saying, talking tight end and defensive line, obviously two positions. Uh, We've already talked touched on here uh, for tight end for me it's such a typically Sam Laporte is breaking the mold here uh, but uh, typically it's a position that takes two to three years uh, before they really start to uh, make an impact in the NFL now granted Laporta was actually asked to block and do NFL concepts at Iowa I know despite Iowa's terrible defense they run more of a pro style system maybe that's part of the problem um, but uh, the tight ends come in typically pretty well developed and uh of course, Denver took the one that's not worked out as much, but uh, Sam Laporte has been awesome. But mostly tight ends take two to three years because they have to learn the, everything with wide receiver as well as everything blocking wise. So it's a, it's a hard ask. I think probably if the Broncos are going to make a big difference at tight end in a quick turnaround, it probably is either coming from, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing before I say it, Dulcich staying healthy because mm-hmm. he's on the roster. That's, I mean, that's, that's part of, he's in the building already and or getting somebody in free agency. It might even be as uninspiring as you hope to get a guy sometime day three in this upcoming draft, retain Troutman and hope Dulcich is healthy. And that's not a great room. But as uh, we had a comment here from uh, David Yunkin or somebody uh, was somebody said the Broncos have so many holes. How are they going to fill them all? Um, It was from uh, Roy Osborne. Uh, So maybe tight end 
doesn't get attacked this season like we'd hoped because other areas take precedent. Uh, but we'll see. Tight end would definitely be great. And D-line, they have to do something at defensive line. That, that's I think you can yeah. function without an elite tight end. And if you're just getting a Troutman, Dulcich out there, man hurts, you can be okay in the offense. You cannot march back out there what's been in the defensive front and expect a top 15 defense. Yeah, and like like you said earlier, you're not going to fill every single hole. Like every team, even the great teams, have some kind of hole in their roster right now, and it's just a matter of how can you cover up the issues? Can you make up for it in other ways? Um, you know, sometimes you have a quarterback that can, like you said, Peyton Manning, he could make up for having a bad offensive line because he could just outthink everybody else on the field. He knew where he was going with the football before anybody else knew. Um you know, because he could read a defense so well. So it's it's those kind of things that you're going to have to hope Sean Payton can help cover up some of those issues. Um, other coaches can help develop some other guys. And yeah, the Broncos just don't have the resources to fill every single hole. And I know this is how it's going to be. And, and it kind of works this way every year. You know, the, let's say the Broncos go edge in the first round. And everybody's going to be going, oh, they needed a wide receiver. or They need a tight end or they need a defensive lineman. And it's just kind of that's the way it is. Like you can only fill one hole with each pick. And, and even there, not a the odds are they're not going to be, yeah, they're not a guarantee. Year one, the, the odds of them making a big impact are pretty slim. And uh, so just, that's, you got to live with that. You got to understand it's usually a, a process of two to three years of developing these guys. But we got Colin Wood coming in, talking about a player that Broncos tried to develop. My wish is for Drew Locke to find success and happiness in Seattle. He looked pretty happy on Monday night. That's for sure. Yeah, congratulations to him. I guess he and his wife are also expecting their firstborn here out here in Seattle, and his wife's name is Natalie, too. So I, I've i never seen Drew. Actually, I have seen Drew Locke and I in the same room, so I got to take that back. Uh, but I was definitely was a uh, you know Drew Locke critic during the whole process of the Broncos, after, especially after his second season in Denver. Just got to keep hunting, didn't see enough. Nothing would make me happier, though, than to have be shut up as a Drew Locke critic and for him to go find success, because he seems like a genuinely good dude. Uh the end was about winning football games, right? And I think it's probably still most likely that Drew Locke's path in the NFL is he ends up like a Ryan Fitzpatrick mercenary quarterback where he's like a borderline starter. You're going to come in and see some awesome throws uh, from him, but also some like, what the heck were you thinking type of throws too? Uh, and maybe, you know, the Mizzou version to the Harvard version of uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. But uh, that's, that is success, man. Backup quarterback's a hell of a gig. <laughs> so that'd be a yeah. pretty good, you can make some good money uh, doing that. So I think, I mean, he has found success uh, with that, but we'll see uh, what happens with him going forward. Wish him nothing but the best, except for when he's going against the Broncos. No ill will there uh, to Drew Locke. Uh, Phil McLaughlin coming in saying, how, how do you rank the need for an inside linebacker? Carl, what do you think here? Inside linebacker, everybody's favorite position, but one that's pretty blind misunderstood i mean it's a need uh with josie jewel coming up but what do you think well and, and this is again where you used a high pick on an inside linebacker uh in sanders so you, you've got to kind of hope that he can develop and become that next guy for you he's athletic uh he's big he's strong he's just lacking instincts at this point which is very important for for that position so uh we'll, we'll have to see but i this is one of those positions I don't like using a first round pick because it just seems like it's so really hit and miss in the draft for this one. You know, mm -hmm. when, when you're looking at some of the top guys, a lot of them are kind of those mid round players, the Fred Warner going there in the second round kind of thing. 
Um, so it, it's, it's just hard to know exactly how to attack that position. Like I said, I, I'm just going to have to defend, depend on my coaches to develop Drew Sanders yeah, and, and, and hope that he turns into a good player. I just kind of want to go through some of the names here for linebacker too, just kind of like why it is a little bit concerning to go for that true stack linebacker. And I'm going to start at 2022. So we've had a year and a half of some of these guys, but, um, and if you're an NFL, if you're not like crazy NFL fan, maybe you won't know all these names, but maybe that says something too at the same time. Uh, but uh, first round pick for 2022 off ball linebacker, you got Quay Walker from the Packers. Who's been, erratic there a lot of personal foul penalties Devin Lloyd struggling in coverage those are your two first round picks in 2022 2021 you have Micah Parsons who is a hit but he's actually been transitioned to edge he's an edge rusher not an off-ball linebacker he's not great at off-ball but he's great as a pass rusher uh Zayvon Collins for the Cardinals hasn't done much Jameen Davis uh from uh went to the commanders then it was football team that's why i was confused here it just says team uh kentucky he has not been great uh for them 2020 you had isaiah simmons that's not worked out kenneth murray that's been a bust jordan brooks not worked out for the seahawks really patrick queen queen has been okay uh for the ravens it wasn't until they got roquan smith devin white was a healthy scratch this week top five pick at linebacker that was a bust devin bush first round pick has not worked out either uh so i mean just you keep going it's uh the first round hit rate for linebackers is not good. Just, it just isn't the NFL. It's not that linebackers aren't valuable per se, because if you get a good one, it matters, but the NFL is not good at evaluating the haves from the have nots at the linebacker from college to the NFL, because what makes a linebacker great is much more mental and processing than it is the physical attributes and measurements. Now, in a world of simulated pressures, the height, weight, speed matters a little bit more because there is more pass rush onus from your linebackers versus the coverage onus, which I think there's the misunderstanding of where athletic linebacker value actually lies. It's in pass rush, not as much in coverage. Uh, but uh, yeah, the hit rate at linebacker is not good. Hopefully they, they, there's a lot of talk. The Broncos might just bring back Josie Jewell. There is. I mean, just yeah. say it. So we'll see what happens. But linebacker is something they should be hunting for. You hope Drew Sanders can be that guy. You hope Drew Sanders can be that guy. Yeah, he's had a couple okay moments for his rookie season, um, but we've even seen now where they've almost started transitioning him to edge it's because good. one because of injuries, yeah, and and two it's not quite the instinctual need at or you know you you could be just more of an athletic freak and go make plays as a rookie at that kind of position. Um, so I, it'll be interesting to see do they you know bring him back to inside linebacker or do they keep him on edge for this next season? And I hate, I hate when they do this whole back and forth thing, you know, that, that hybrid, especially with young players, um, you know, Baron Browning, they tried that in the beginning of his career. And I'm glad that they finally just said, you know what, this guy's an edge player. We got to keep him there because he's an impactful player for him at that spot. Um, it might be the same thing with Drew Sanders. And if that's the case, then yes, you probably need to go out there and draft somebody, uh, bring in somebody in free agency, something to, to help at least fill out the depth. Like you said, Josie Jewell may be coming back. And I know that's not what everybody wants to hear, but really for the position, he's he's above average, I would say. Yeah. And there's just not a lot of great linebackers out there in the NFL. And specifically in coverage, teams are it's multifaceted. We could have a this is a whole offseason conversation. <laughs> yeah. Who's the worst coverage player out there? It's the linebacker. Well, guess who teams are going to target to get into space against your athletes? It's the linebacker. Which team has the most 
support structural support where if they do give up a catch, they want to keep guys in front of them and corral. And it's kind of a team tackling thing. The linebacker, right? If a linebacker gets beat short over the middle of the field, you got bodies that can come and help where if it's out on the boundary, uh Oh, you might have some, you might have some problems there. Uh, so yeah, it's multifaceted linebackers up there, but it's a different resource allocation uh, argument than anything. Uh, we got vote for Angelio coming in 499 saying, could you see Sean Payton uh, figuring out how to move up for a quarterback in the draft? He could sit for one or two years and we can compete while developing a future quarterback. I think that could happen. Uh, the issue we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier is this quarterback draft class is going to be odd because it's going to be a lot. You're going to have the blue chippers up top. Maybe Denver could go up and get those guys, but you're not dealing from a position of strength when it comes to draft picks uh, already. Uh, so, and you need to get younger and probably more cost controlled in a lot of areas and giving up picks is the opposite way to do that. Granted, if you hit on the quarterback, there's no better cheat code. So if you think it's worth it, but there's a lot of risk uh, giving up those picks to do that. Uh, as far as could we see him do that? Certainly possible. Uh, I don't think the Broncos are going to be in range for Caleb Williams, Drake may Jaden Daniels. Now it sounds like Jaden Daniels is going to go top five so that you probably kiss that one. Goodbye too. Am I trading up for Michael Pratt? Uh, Bo, uh, Bo Nix? Uh, Penix? McCarthy? I, I, we'll see about McCarthy. He's just so hard because there's they ask him to do so little, right? He's like, he's kind of being asked to play a little bit like Russell Wilson on first and second down sometimes. <laughs> uh, but uh, the the simplicity and the not asking him to hit overly complicated reads from time to time. The talent's there. I don't know. The fact that he can make big money at Michigan next year with NIL, clear path overall, I think to a top five pick compared to this year at quarterback, he's still really young. I just, I think with the NIL thing and the quarterback market this season kind of already starting to settle. I think, I think he's more likely to be back than to come out. Okay. Yeah. And, and I guess to me, if, if they are trading up for a quarterback, they're not sitting him for one to two years. I think they're going to want to get him on the field as soon as possible, because like I said, if they're, they're giving up draft capital to, to go get this guy, um, you know, first, first round pick this year, first round pick next year. Like you, you don't have the the roster to be able to just sit that guy. You know, yeah. the, the chiefs, when they drafted Patrick Mahomes, they had the roster to sit him for a year. They already had Alex Smith looking like a really good quarterback. Um, you know, they had a lot of pieces on defense offense that he could step in whenever that was going to be possible, but they could still go make the playoffs without having to play Patrick Mahomes. Broncos are really not in that kind of position right now, in my opinion, just with the, the cap situation, like I said, just draft picks or lack of draft picks that they're in right now. I think you have to go play that guy. We'll see. Uh, we got until April and we're going to find out first. We need to see what happens with Russell Wilson down the stretch here. Uh, Trey young was asking about, I saw a few times uh, Tyrone, um, which cornerback the Broncos signed. Uh, from Kentucky, they signed an undrafted free agent. Nothing really too exciting there um, from the Broncos in that uh, they released or waived, I guess, specifically Dallin Leavitt uh, after an injury settlement, and they brought in uh, Keydron Smith. So it's really more of a probably like kind of a getting an idea of him with a futures contract sort of thing and uh, competing on practice squads. So not somebody who's going to be competing with Moss, Moreau, McMillan, Mathis, uh, going forward, unless something goes horribly wrong. So hopefully we won't see him. Colby C. Collier coming in with the uh, the superstars here. Thank you so much, Colby. We appreciate you supporting the show, supporting uh, building the Broncos. Uh, thank you so much. You don't have to do that, but 
certainly makes our Christmas a little merrier. Chase Wellner, BTB, good to see you. He says edge, interior defensive line on defense, wide receiver, tight end, and offense. For me, Carl, if this is a wish list and we're talking yeah. defense, the most obvious hole on the defense to me is getting a better one technique, two technique that can do some probably three tech stuff. The the nose tackle to Zach Allen's under tackle, whatever language you want to use uh, right. for you folks at home. But uh, for me, if I was having a wish list, I want a superstar edge rusher uh, because right now the Broncos, I think they got, I don't know what's going on with the multiverse kind of thing here with DC, but uh, <laughs> it's like a multiverse where you got three Robins right now, I think at edge with Jonathan Cooper, Baron Browning and Nick Benito, all solid contributors, all guys you love to have on rookie contracts. None of them are doing enough first and second down one-on-one rushing the passer with four guys to be the dude that stirs the, uh, the straw that stirs the drink up front. Yeah. I'm not asking for them to be Nick Bosa. I'm not asking for miles Garrett, you know, a lottery pick that guy. I don't think exists in the upcoming draft, but could we get ourselves a George Karloftis? Could we get ourselves a Montez sweat? Could we get ourselves a Bradley Chubb, Trey Hendrickson, Daniel Hunter, you know, one of those guys who are really, really good, not all pro good, but a pro bowl caliber edge rusher. I think that would do a heck of a lot. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Nick Benito's knee. It sounds like it's going to be okay, but we'll see. And then you have the weirdness coming up of Jonathan Cooper and Baron Brandon on the last year, of their contract as well. So edge is a big need from a yeah. big perspective. And if we're making a wish list, I want myself a pro bowl borderline, all pro edge rusher. Cause I think everything falls in line after that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think if I was leaning for, for the draft right now, first round pick, probably one of those edge guys like i said earlier there's about four or five guys looking like they're going to be kind of in that middle area and and there's still plenty of season left and off season that i'm sure they'll be moved up and down and and all around um but it's but still i think that that could be a position you could find somebody that could really come in make like i said an early impact and become a good one i think there's a couple free agent guys i've heard i know uh danelle hunter is one that a lot of people have thrown out there being attached to the Broncos. Um, just George Payton connections, obviously. And he's always kind of had that. I don't know what you would call it. Just rough relationship with the Vikings. Now, I don't know if moving a place actually helps or not, but at least for the first couple of years, you could see that relationship being okay for the Broncos. Uh, but we got uh Woofy Mellet coming in with a $5 super saying, if they keep Russ, they need one top five offensive line two. Metcalf like receivers, fast, explosive playmaker, hashtag D- different Denver Broncos for life, hashtag pizza, pizza, hashtag manscape, hashtag MHH salute. Yeah, uh, he is. I, I think Russ is one of those that really is pretty darn dependent on a good offensive line. Um, you know, yes, he can escape, but the fact that he is going to hold on to that ball longer than most quarterbacks, giving him that extra half second because you have a good offensive line is, is a, a huge advantage for sure. And, and having a Metcalf, unfortunately, it's it's hard to find those kind of guys that are that big, strong, athletic, can go up and make those tough catches. And, um, you know, he was. He was that perfect fit for Russell Wilson. You know, I'm, I'm always big on that whole, like, how do these guys all fit together? And Cortland Sutton, I think he's a great fit with Russ because Russ is willing to, you know, throw it up deep and trust that he's going to come down with that football. Um, Jerry Judy is not a good fit. But you think about DK Metcalf when he was there, uh, that was, it was just a perfect marriage between quarterback and wide receiver because of what Metcalf is good at. 
those are the kind of throws Russ wants to make. So yes, it's, it, I think it's important to find that big fast guy that can move down the field. I really wish Tim Patrick could have been healthy because I think mm -hmm. that would have been a really good relationship between those two, because that's, that's his game. He's big run down the field, straight line, go up there and make a play. And unfortunately we just haven't gotten to see it. Yeah, I that is very unfortunate. We'll see what happens with Tim Patrick this offseason. He won't be back on the contract he's on now, of course. But my big takeaway here from Woofie is uh, if they keep Russ, the Broncos need a top five offensive line. And then these playmakers at wide receiver, if you're paying a guy, you know, quarter billion dollar contract and they need those things to be successful. You're not getting your value on the dollar there from your quarterback. This is like talking about, you know, stuff you need for a rookie quarterback to succeed in order to give them a clean evaluation. So um, that, I mean, obviously it doesn't mean you shouldn't hunt for those things, but um, that makes me worried about the perspective of Russell Wilson here, because if he is truly, you know, top 10 franchise level quarterback, you don't need to have a top five line to succeed. You should be succeeding and elevating the line, not making their job harder. So right. I, I don't know. It's tough. Well, and I think the other part here is what else can the Broncos do for the offensive line? You know, you're, you're stuck with at least a couple of them on their contracts and McGlinchey and powers, uh, you know, Quinn Miners on his rookie contract. So you're, you're good there. Garrett Bowles, you're hoping that you can probably get some kind of extension restructure something with his contract because he's had a, a great year. And I don't know if our center is going to be back. It's looking like he's, Cushenberry is going to get himself a pretty darn big contract this offseason. I, I think it was Nick Corti of uh, Over the Cap predicted that he would get the second biggest center contract in NFL history. And uh, he's not that good. <laughs> I hope the Broncos aren't the ones that are paying that. Yeah. But, but I mean, he has. He's had a good season. Um, so there's not a whole lot you can really do to the offensive line from uh, from this year to to next year that that's going to actually bring that kind of improvement to get you to a true top five offensive line without Russell Wilson being part of why they take that next step. Ah, oh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to follow. Uh, we keep talking about it. Everything comes back to Russell Wilson. First though, I want to say hello to Patrick saying aloha building the Broncos. Mel Kaliki Manka. I have to sing it. say it like the song uh, <laughs> to all the members of Bronco verse. Thank you so much, Patrick. We appreciate you. I appreciated the, uh, the preemptive baby on the way care package of those magic beans. Uh, that's what the, you know, the magic bean stock must be about. It must be coffee, tr coffee plants, but uh, appreciate you so much, Patrick, that will, uh, that will last a little bit. So uh, God bless you. So we really appreciate you. <laughs> Zach powers. It's dual value is shown when he isn't on the field more than when he is taken for granted as fans. Mediocre is a way better than bad linebacker. Yeah, I mean, again, coming back to, if you haven't listened to the interview with Cody, uh, he might you know, disparage linebackers even more than I did because he said they're the linebackers of defense or not. They're the running backs of defense. I call them more the tight ends where they, you, know, you find those elite guys and they really make a difference, uh, but you don't have to have that elite guy to have a good unit. Uh, but yeah, Jewel underrated, misunderstood, has limitations. I don't know. We'll see what happens uh, with him going forward and the Broncos. Uh, we have, uh, I do want to talk a little bit more about our wish lists, Carl, uh, I guess my next big wish list is for the Broncos to work out contracts that make sense uh, for the following players extensions, so to speak, uh, Justin Simmons, Cortland Sutton, and uh, Garrett Bowles, all three guys who have been whispered in the trade rumors, but they look like core guys to me 
for this team. And each of their contracts are ones that I think are worth extending to create some short-term cap. I'm hoping that we can work something out to keep all those guys here in Denver, not breaking the bank and keeping the good vibes and the improving culture rolling because those guys have seen some bad in Denver during their times here, of course, and want them to be a part of the solution because they definitely feel like they are trending that way uh, in Denver. So that's another wish list for me. I'm going to keep it out of the quarterback stuff. We've talked enough about that. I want to see Bulls, Simmons, and Sutton back extended on not team-friendly deals, but fair deals that give the Broncos some flexibility. Okay. I I, I like that. I... I guess I, I'll I'll go to the offensive side of the ball, and I mean we just got done talking about it a little bit, but finding that that number two wide receiver because Jerry Judy's not that guy, especially if you are keeping Russell Wilson, you got to go find somebody different with a different style of game. I mean, like we've already talked about it, big, fast, go up there, make a catch, um, and maybe that is bringing back Tim Patrick on a cheaper deal. If if he can prove that he can be healthy or at least prove that he hasn't lost that athleticism after two seasons lost injury, you know, again, I, I think he is. He's just that perfect fit as a number two wide receiver for Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I really want to see that. It's kind of like that, you know, when you had Von Miller and Bradley Chubb and you could never get the two healthy at the same time, you know, so you couldn't get Sutton healthy at the same time as, as Tim Patrick and be able to see how those guys could work together. Uh, but getting that that great number two, and then you know Marvin Mims, just his ability to win over the top. I wish we see a lot more of what they were doing early in the season. I don't know why they've gone away from some of that. I know part of it is Russell's just missing some of them. You know that there are times where he's winning over the top, and I don't know what I mean. Russ is just back there dancing, doing the two step, and <laughs> trying to find a lane to to run for a first down rather than keeping his eyes downfield. Um, but again, being able to take advantage of that kind of athleticism on the field would, would be huge on my wish list to be able to see this offense take that next step. You you sent something in our, our Facebook chat about explosive plays. And just for the Broncos especially, that has been missing big time on a consistent basis. There, there's been a couple games where they've had some really nice plays. The Cortland Sutton, what, 45-yard touchdown throw. Um one-handed catch there's been a few of them but you there have no to doubles. get those there are no doubles or triples in this offense yep. it's bunting for a hit or it's a out of the ballpark home run right the intermediate yep. stuff so just it's it's weird but go ahead yeah but yeah just finding those those explosive plays that you can add on a weekly basis just getting two or three more of those a game would change everything i mean just even even one more per game you know 17 more explosive plays in a season would take this offense to to a whole new level where we're talking about them possibly getting into that edge of of top 12 in the NFL. And mm-hmm. with how the defense is playing, that, that's a playoff team right there. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, definitely could be. I mean, we're seeing it across the NFL. Um, Deion Sanders even taking the approach that uh, the weapons matter more than the offensive line. We'll see. I mean, offensive lines matter a lot when his kid's getting hit like crazy, like we saw this year. So hopefully uh, Shadur can be healthier this year, not take as many hits, uh, but not even a CU fan. Go Hawks. But uh, that's a uh, don't like to see the little guy, the young guys get hit like that. Uh, we got Colby C. Collier coming in here saying Jewel had a bad game last game, but so did everyone. Yeah, it's easier to say who didn't have a bad game. I think Cooper had a good game. I think Simmons had a good game. Uh, M- Miners, other than the offsides, had a solid game. Uh, 
uh, uh, that's about it. But uh, Michael Ronquillo yeah. <laughs> coming in. Great show tonight, Nick and Carl on building the Broncos. Go Broncos. Good to see you, Michael. We really appreciate you. I do want to say a few more hellos here as uh, Carl's audio is fine, but his video is freezing up a little bit. We got Turtle coming in saying, still proud of the season, still here kicking in playoff talks. I mean, yeah, we're feisty. We'll see what happens. We got three games, need a little bit of luck, but you got to take care of your own business first. Let everything else fall the way it may. Diamond Rattler coming in saying, boom, let's go. Good to see you, Diamond. Always appreciate you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, happy holidays to you. Uh, I can't, I feel like for some reason you're in Oklahoma. Maybe I could be mistaken with that one. Uh, Josh has a takes here. Better keeping off Russ unless we can draft a quarterback. Yeah, it might be. Uh, we'll see what happens. They might have to draft a quarterback and keep him, but uh, we'll see. Three games left. Benjamin Flores coming in here saying, yo, Flores here for whatever reason, your picture and stuff doesn't come across. That's okay. It says go Broncos. Thanks for all your hard work. Thanks for hanging out, uh, Ben. We always appreciate you, even when uh, Facebook isn't being super helpful uh, to you. So we always appreciate you saying hello. Uh, we got Zach Powers also saying, I'm here cheering for to bring Josie Jewel, lone fan. Jewel's a good guy, too. Uh, so appreciate him. Uh, we got uh, Rich coming in saying, I have a question, guys. What about the whole Russ thing, us going 16 these past few games and not tanking? Russ played played okay football. He's playing okay. He's been mostly protecting the football. There are limitations We'll see what happens here down the final three. Um, hoping for the best. And uh, I got to ask you, Carl, since you haven't been on here, this will be the last thing. So uh, you don't don't smile or anything for me since your video is doing it. I'll just leave it to you to, to take it when the, the pause happens. But Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, uh, Sean Payton at Russell Wilson's throat and Wilson taking it. Any thoughts on that exchange? I'll tee it up for you a tad. I, I honestly came out of that a little bit more impressed with Russell Wilson because I don't know if I could have had my composure there and, He's the same guy, uh, win or loss. So major respect for Wilson on that one. Yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think that exchange had much to do with them not getting the touchdown or him not getting the, um, or snapping the ball too fast for them not to be able to throw the challenge flag, that kind of stuff. I know some people throwing that out there. I, I really think it was probably more of a procedure issue, where maybe Russ did something where he didn't didn't recognize a defense and Sean Payton got angry that, Hey, we had something set up perfect to be able to challenge this kind of defense and you didn't see it. I, that's my guess is, is where that kind of went. And, and like I said, Russ Wilson handled it well. You know, a lot of times you see players walk off on those kind of situations or um, he, he took it, took it like a man. And um, he just, he is, he's the same day in day out uh, for better, for worse at times but you got to appreciate somebody that can, can take that kind of uh, chewing out and still keep going out there and, and trying. Um, so I, like I, I've said on the show before, I love Russell Wilson, the person. Um, I, I think he is a high character guy, uh, works his tail off. I have no questions about any of those kind of things with him. Um, my, my questions come with, again, just that, that relationship between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson and just their, their different philosophies of how an offense should function and, and what each of them want to be able to do. That, that's more my, my issue between those two. Um, so I, we, we've seen it before of Sean Payton yelling at players, and he still loves them. We've seen him yell at Drew Brees before. That, that's, <laughs> they still are great friends and, and all those kind of things. So I don't think it's going to be an issue moving forward. I've seen a few people on here talk about, like, did Sean Payton lose the locker room? Like if he didn't lose the locker room when they lost a game 70, 20, he didn't lose the locker room this last week. Like one game, they, they just had a bad game. They caught a bad matchup 
you know, Detroit is kind of like Miami, have a lot of speed, have a lot of options on offense of what they can do. They can run it. They can throw it. They can win a lot of different ways. And things just got out of hand early on. You know, you think about how that offense was driving and then the the fumble, you know, right off the bat there in the first quarter. Um, I, I just kind of wonder how how different of a game do we have the Broncos score on that first drive compared to fumble it? You never know. Just that that yeah. momentum stuff makes a huge difference in, in the NFL. Um, so I, I don't make too much of the chewing out. I think, like I said, I think it's more of a procedural issue than anything else where Peyton is just such a perfectionist where he just feels like I had something perfect for this and you messed it up. Like we missed a great opportunity to really get back into this game because if they score a touchdown, I think at that point it's 28-14 and, and you're not completely out of it. You know, it's still a game at that point. Um, so yeah. having to kick a field goal there really took the the wind out of their sails for any chance of a comeback. Yeah, it's uh, I didn't mind Sean Payton losing it too much. I mean, I wish he'd keep it a little bit more composed, but he's very frustrated about, you know, how the game was playing out and his offense not really getting it done and uh, took it out on Wilson and more respect for Wilson uh, than anything coming out of that exchange, because that took a lot of self-control uh to just stand there um and be calm cool and collected so shout out to wilson for that one phil mclaughlin's coming in saying 17 to 7 broncos you think 17 points from the winning team i don't know phil uh no that's a good call that's a good game uh three touchdowns though i don't know i think i've probably seen a little bit more field goals going on here i don't know if i see them getting all the way uh to the end zone but it's gonna be a, a bloodbath physical game for sure uh we got sherry coming in saying is the offensive line an offensive line issue or a coaching issue I think the Broncos offensive line is not really that bad. Uh, overall, they had a pretty poor game in this one, but I saw the Lions triggering really hard uh, on Wilson, and any, that's why the fumble happened on the naked boot. <laughs> no fooling them on that one. We've seen that play enough probably, uh, and they were really attacking the offensive line with numbers. But the one-on-ones, Denver's actually been pretty good this season, according to the metrics. Uh, we have uh, Ben Baldwin does like a composite ranking of the offensive lines across the league using sports info solution, ESPN win rate, as well as uh, pro football focus. And Denver is in the top seven to 10 in both offensive uh, pass blocking. And especially they look like they're in top four in uh, run blocking. Unfortunately on the same foot, Javante Williams, who God bless him for coming back this season. It's a miracle is even playing, uh, but he has like one of the lowest EPAs on perfectly blocked plays. And the Broncos have the third highest rate of perfectly blocked run plays this season. So maybe something on the wish list, Carl should be another running back uh, to add to this room because uh, unfortunately Javante Williams isn't getting it done with what appears to be very positive uh, opportunities for him. Yeah. He's, I said, this is rookie year. He's missing holes there's wide open opportunities for him to, to go forward. There's one play his rookie year where he actually scored a touchdown. Hi, Pearl. But he he ran it to the outside when the hole was wide open to the inside. So either way, it was going to be a touchdown. But he had to miss make like three people miss running to the outside. Now he can do that, and well, not as much this year. Um, and that's maybe why it's being even a bigger issue this season, where at least in his rookie year he can make people miss when he didn't hit the right hole. This year he's not making as many people miss. Um, and it's just it's being exaggerated all the more. And so, you know, that's why I've said before on here, Samaj P. Ryan has probably been your best running back on this roster. 
probably has, uh, unfortunately, but uh, best in the chat. No, everybody's great. We love you all. Uh, but Michael, great show tonight. Nick and Carl on building the Broncos. Go Broncos. Thank you so much for the big super chat getting us on out of here. Uh, Carl, did you give us last Christmas wish? Did we just talk so much that uh, we only got your one, which is defensive line? No, you said wide no, receiver. I, yep. Tim Patch, do you have a guy in mind specifically? <sighs> Not really. Off the, I mean, neighbors would be my top guy, but he's going probably top 10. So that that's, that's very much wishful thinking at this point. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll think on it. Not our next show. I'll, I'll give my guys that I think I'd really like for this upcoming draft. Yeah. Uh, we will definitely see what happens. Uh, sorry, Jay. I saw a comment in here from you making me laugh. Appreciate you guys all. Um, yeah. Jace Williams it, it, issues with the vision is yards after contact have dropped by almost like two yards from his rookie season as well. But give him a little bit of a break uh, with that knee injury. It's more of the Broncos not getting somebody to further compliment him uh, in the true run sets versus P Ryan who's more of a shotgun pass, black, pass back right now. Uh, but Carl, any final thoughts on our last episode before the holidays? A lot of big wishes. My wish is for everyone to be healthy and happy uh, overall. When, regardless of what happens in the Broncos, obviously a little sweeter. Uh, the 25th will be a little bit better if we don't lose <laughs> once again in the white helmets to an NFC East or AFC East team that we should beat. Uh, but now definitely uh, <laughs> that's my big one. Everyone stay healthy and happy. And uh, my wish is already made Carl. We had three episodes in a row. We didn't get to hang out. We're hanging out now. So appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's been good to see you again, man. And yeah, Merry Christmas to everybody in the chat. Uh, be happy, healthy and safe out there. Um, enjoy your time with family and friends. Um, you know, it's just don't, don't miss out on these opportunities that you always have to, to go and, and be with people that you love. And so, yeah, Merry Christmas, Nick, uh, hopefully you and your wife and, and little one have a, a Merry Christmas. You know, your last one is just the, really the two of you. Um, I, I don't know what all your plans are, but Merry Christmas, Football. man. Yeah. There we're gonna go. be hanging out it'll be good we'll be watching christmas movies it'll be fine uh no this is a pretty dark time for a lot of people too this time of year so just know that you're not alone um uh, suicide hotline uh reach out on twitter too uh you're really not alone uh and also make sure if you are enjoying some uh, libations you know make sure you got your ride set up uh don't do anything stupid uh we need to only be stupid online that's where come do your stupid on here don't do it behind the wheel. Appreciate all you. Uh, make sure you're following Carl and I on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dumbler MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you guys are following us at Mile High Huddle as well. Of course, if you haven't done so yet, follow us on Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe, like, and share. Appreciate all you guys coming in here with all the super chats. Uh, we got Michael Ronquillo, of course, coming in multiple times. Naj, big time. Phil McLaughlin, Gary Palmer. Phil, Phil came in like three or four times. Colby C. Collier coming in. Vote for Angel Angelio coming in. Woofy. Uh, happy holidays to all y'all. Thank you for supporting Mile High Huddle and the show and uh, making our holidays a little bit more holly jolly. Uh, appreciate you, Carl. Shout out Scott as well. Uh, we'll see you guys later. Until then, continue to choose kindness and compassion. Of course, go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.